Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Father, you are here. We are here in the presence of the risen Jesus to commune with you and one another. In his holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, St. Mikey's. Big day today. We got a baptism. Yay! Yay! You know, Christians are, uh, we're kind of a weird bunch for many reasons. But what I find uh, most interesting about us, at least today, that is, is that the two most famous Christians, arguably of all time, considered the two pillars of the church. The very reason why they're remembered on the same day together in the church year, it's coming up in June, are truly the worst. They are absolutely the worst. I'm referring to two gentlemen behind me on this beautiful window. The first one is Paul. Paul, which shows up later in the story of the church. He would actually agree with me about this because he says the very same thing about himself. You're trying to find him. He's in the corner on the right. (laughs) He considered himself the worst sinner that has ever lived. He called himself the chief sinner because he persecuted the church of God. This guy used to hunt and find the early Christians and hand them over to be imprisoned or murdered. Paul, the persecutor of Christ, the worst. The other one is Peter. Well, that's his his nickname. His real name is Simon. Jesus gave him a nickname, Peter, which means the rock. Or Rocky. Jesus is pretty cool like that. He gives people nicknames. Maybe he's got a nickname for you. Maybe he's got one for me. Peter is highlighted in today's Acts passage. And just like Paul, the worst. One of Jesus' first and closest disciples, hand-selected by Jesus out of all of them to be one of his 12 apostles, his ministerial cabinet. And yet, he was rash and reckless and consistent in his misunderstanding of Jesus' character and teaching. He got it wrong over and over and over and over again throughout the entirety of his apprenticeship under Jesus. Now Peter meant well, and he seemed to be a truly devoted person to Jesus. And we see this in his famous oath of loyalty. On the night of Jesus' arrest, in front of all his friends, all the other disciples, Peter says, if they all leave you, if they all desert you, I won't. I'm ready to die for you, Jesus, says Peter the rock. But when that opportunity came for Peter to do that very thing, Jesus' trial before the Jewish council to die for Jesus in selfless loyalty, what does he do? He renounces him. Peter publicly denies Jesus three times. Technically, he had three opportunities to die for Jesus. 
And he failed at every single one. Peter not only denied that he followed Jesus, he said he didn't even know him. I don't even know the man. And Luke, the writer of both readings today, the Acts and the Gospel reading, he throws this little detail in his telling of the story. A good story has details. He says at the moment that Peter denied Jesus the third time, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine what that felt like? Peter looked right in the face right into the eyes of the one he just betrayed, he just deserted, he just denied, his master, his Lord, his best friend, his brother. He lied. He failed. And that's when Peter ran from the courtyard and wept sorely, wept bitterly. He was crushed and broken from what he had just done. And that trial led to Jesus' execution. So there were no take-backs. There was no apology emails. He couldn't ask Jesus out for a beer to say sorry, as Jesus is now dead, and Peter would have to carry the weight of guilt and shame for the rest of his life. Peter, the rock, pillar of the church. Doesn't really look like it, does it? He's the denier of Christ. He's the worst. How does a man who has Christians murdered become the pillar of the church? How does a person who stares Jesus right in the face, betrays Him, deserts Him, and denies Him after all that Jesus was and did for Him become the pillar of the church? How do the two worst, maybe the two worst people that have ever existed become the pillars of the church. Well, something happened. Something happened to them. Something changed. Because Easter truly does change everything. For Peter, he was encased in guilt and shame for three days as Jesus laid in a tomb. Probably the worst three days of his entire life. Days he will never forget. And then... Sunday came around. And Jesus was no longer in that tomb anymore. Jesus was alive. And just prior to the gospel reading, the community of disciples are gathered in this room behind locked doors. And they're saying, the Lord is risen indeed. Meaning, it's true. It's true. And they said, he has a... Stories have great details. Peter is mentioned specifically. Apparently, Peter had a private encounter with the risen Christ. And I wonder what, what happened in that private encounter. It's not written, but I could imagine the weight of guilt and shame that Peter carried for three days for what he did to Jesus and the haunting remembrance of Jesus' face when he turned and looked at Peter that evening and now he's looking upon the same face into the same eyes of the person who died and rose again for him. And what does he see in the eyes of the resurrected Christ? He sees love. He sees compassion. He sees understanding. He sees forgiveness. And all of that weight and that burden disappears. It's lifted. 
Peter was set free from the mercy of Jesus. Love set Peter free. And in that moment, he was changed. Something happened. Something changed in him because truly Easter changes everything. And here in the Acts passage, we see that change manifested. You better look out when Jesus sets somebody free. Because something's going to happen in the world. A transformed Peter, no longer denying, but publicly testifying to the risen Christ through a group of gathered people, astonished at a hearing, healing miracle that just took place through Peter and his fellow disciple John, right in their midst. And in Peter's speech to them, he's not sharing something he read in a book or something that he saw on the History Channel, a documentary about Jesus. He's not telling them someone else's story. He's telling them the story of God in Christ, changing the world through his death and resurrection. But this is something that changed Peter personally. He's not giving them something that he hasn't experienced, something he doesn't possess, because he also rejected and had the author of life murdered and had the risen Christ come to him and wipe out his sins. He knows what that's like. It changed him. He's giving them the person that he knows that changed his life. And that's the same thing he gave to the lame man that was just healed. The disabled man from birth who spent his days begging for money at the entrance of the temple. There were no social programs back then for people. This man had nothing. He was in total despair until this very day and Peter and John show up and they look upon this man with the same eyes of love and compassion that looked upon them, the eyes of Jesus. And the lame man asked Peter for money and what does Peter say? He says, silver and gold I have not. I don't have, I don't have any money. And you know what? Money's not going to change you. Money's not going to do anything for you. But what I do have, what changed me, that I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And resurrection life entered into the bones of this man when he was healed and he leapt up and he praised God. You see, something happened to Peter and something happened to Paul too. But that's a story for another day. The two worst became the two pillars of the church because they encountered the risen Christ who set them free, who saved their life and changed everything. And that change in them changed others and unknowingly changed the world. And that same risen Christ that they encountered came to me. And I encountered him as well. And he changed my life. And I'm assuming I'm looking at some people who encountered the risen Jesus themselves. And maybe he changed your life. And if you haven't met him yet, you can. And I guarantee that he will change yours. Something happened. Something changed. Because Easter changes everything. And that is what's going to happen 
in just a few moments. Declan and Vivian, they're going to come to the font, and they're going to be placed not into the hands of the priest, though it's going to look like that, because the priest actually isn't baptizing anyone. They're going to be placed into the scarred and wounded hands of the risen Jesus to be baptized by him. And Jesus will look into their eyes with the same loving and compassionate eyes that he looked into the eyes of Peter and Paul and generations upon generations in your eyes and mine. He's going to hold them over the waters of baptism and the voice of the Father and the presence of angels and archangels and all the company of heaven will declare in eternity their names and claim them His own beloved children. And the same Spirit that descended upon Jesus in His own baptism will descend upon them and mark them as Christ's own forever. No longer their own, but belonging to Jesus. Resurrection life will permeate their whole being and be reborn into the kingdom of God. Parents, you are giving your children the greatest gift that you can ever give them. It's the greatest gift that ever was. The only thing that can ever truly change anything. Giving them Jesus. And we are all invited as Easter changed people to go forth from this place in the world in our own unique ways and do the very same thing. Give this world the only thing that can truly change. The person that changed my life. Assuming the person who changed yours. You give him Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.